Dan Ramen. Who's hungry? Holy shit! Welcome to Fan Ramen, the official podcast of Black Ramen. We're a hungry rock band who writes epic music for film and games. And we're here to read your fan fiction. I'm Lindy. May I take your order? Oh, I'm Ralph. Sushi, please. Behind the board is our awesome sound guy and burger flipper, the, the silent, silent chef, chef Kevin. Kevin. Hey Siri, can you make me a bowl of noodles? I cannot. Can you please make me a bowl of noodles? I'm afraid not. But I said please. You're welcome. <laughs> this is why I am not afraid of the impending robot uprising. They're so freaking polite. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, did you know that Siri has a new feature? If you give her the command, play the podcast, Fan Ramen, she'll actually play episodes for you. You can also give the command, subscribe to the podcast, Fan Ramen, and Siri will take care of the rest through your podcast app. You can even ask to play the most recent episode, and Siri will know what to do. I think she does it faster if you say please. Our first two stories are drabbles from the same author. Reven Blue writes humor for different fandoms. Reven Blue is on archive of our own. You can find links in our show notes or check out our featured fix page on our website, www.fanramen.com. This next one is a Princess Bride fic called Forked. Two figures faced each other across a sandy plain. A small one, though. They could see each other after all. It was one of those sandy plains you see in Western movies. A tumbleweed would have rolled past, but it was fired for being too cliché. My name is Indigo Montoya. One figure called. Really? The other figure asked. No. The first figure admitted. There was a pause as the standoff continued. You killed my father! The first figure yelled. Really? The second figure asked again. No. Another pause. Shorter this time. Prepare to die. The first figure screamed. Really? You shouldn't have to ask who said that. Yes! With... What? The second figure asked. The first figure didn't reply. Instead, he elected to prove that someone could be killed with a fork handle. After the second figure had been reduced to a corpse, the first figure turned to the narrator. Pay up. The figure demanded. The narrator sighed and handed back the pointy end of the fork. Narrators can never win, the narrator muttered. This next drabble is from the same author, Revenblue from archiveofourown.org. Although it features an original character, this piece takes place in the universe of Milo Murphy's Law. 
This one is called If My Heart Falls For You, Does It Even Make A Sound? In a classroom at Jefferson County Middle School lay a desk, a very special desk handmade by one Ada Murvowski. This desk, unbeknownst to its maker, was self-aware. Most desks aren't, but this one was. Had she known, Ada would have been more loath to leave it behind. But leave she did on a trip to Hawaii. She'd been reluctant, of course, but her cousin didn't get married every day, so she had to go. Before she'd left, she'd whispered a soft goodbye to the desk, promising to be back in a week, and that she loved it. The desk couldn't respond then and there, no matter how desperately it wanted to. The next week was the loneliest the desk had ever experienced, even with the usual classes going on and at least one substitute teacher putting her feet up on its polished surface. It just wasn't the same without Ada. It spent the time practicing shifting the sap around under its surface at night when no one was around to notice. Ada Murawski entered the school on a late Sunday evening, still fresh from the flight home, eager to reunite with her desk once more. The desk trembled with excitement as she stepped into the classroom, her heels clicking on the floor. It was time. Hello, Oakley, she murmured, running a finger along the desk's solid oak. I missed you. She didn't need a response to know the feeling was mutual. Before her eyes, the whorls and patterns in the oak shifted, becoming words. A message just for her. I love you too, Ada. It had been an effort even to say anything at all, let alone perfectly spelled. But the desk knew nothing was too much to ask to finally tell her how it felt. Ada had to wipe a tear from her eye, and she smiled. Who knew her desk? would be so sappy. If you like what we do, check out our Patreon. Fan Ramen will always be free and never be monetized. If you want to hear our bloopers or listen to me and Ralph interview each other and talk more about our personal lives, check out our Patreon. We're also giving away one free song a month on Patreon. It's great music to use in a writing playlist. Or become a donor and get access to every song we've used in each episode. Next up is a Harry Potter fic by Tartan Slippers. This piece is called The Contents of My Soul, and you can find this story on fanfiction.net. Snape was draped across his four-poster bed in a despairing fashion. His hair lank against the pillow and his skin even more sallow than usual in the guttering candlelight. Of course, the candlelight had to gutter. It was part of the effect. It had taken a lot of preparation. Hours spent melting wax to create extra dribbly candles, liberally applying dust to the top of his desk setting loose spiders when none of his doormates were around, and ordering eau de dungeon at Zonko's to spray across his clothes and pillow. But now he had a perfect setting for his dark brooding. 
A tall blonde Slytherin with sharp eyes strode towards Snape, stopping to pick up a pile of parchment that had crossed some invisible boundary line, and then dumping it on top of the prone boy. Keep your weird shit to yourself, he said sternly. Snape sat up, black eyes flashing with cold rage and dramatic self-loathing. Do not dare sully my cursed parchment, he threatened the other boy. The blonde rolled his eyes and exited the dormitory without a backwards glance, eager to leave his questionable roommate behind. Snape threw himself backwards against the sheets once more. Parchment cursed with my feelings, he moaned, for each sheaf of parchment was covered in his spidery scrawl, the words a painful reminder of his daily suffering, the suffering that came with being him and being in love with her. He lifted one, looking over his heartfelt words, clutching the chest of his robes in agony as he read. Oh, my love is like a red, red potion brewed in a dungeon room. Oh, my love is like a dark arts curse that sends me to my doom. He let his hand fall to his side, the piece of parchment slipping from his grasp and fluttering to the stone floor. <sighs> he sighed, putting all of his longing into that noise and letting his eyes roll back into his head. After a few moments, he sat up and scratched at his skull before leafing through the pile of parchment once more. Perhaps he had a better one, one more likely to draw a solitary tear of anguish from the reader if read at his deathbed. Then all would know how much he had loved and longed for the infinitely beautiful redhead. Shall I compare thee to double potions? Thou art so lovely and oddly pungent. Bewitch my mind and give me odd notions and take me off on another tangent. He felt a flash of irritation. He tossed the poem carelessly aside to join its fellow on Snape's unsurprisingly unhygienic floor. Oh, my heart's in your hands. My heart is not here. No room left for feelings, no room left for fear. Lord Voldy is horrid and keeps me on task. So even if I want you, I no longer can ask. His brow furrowed highlighting the sheer size of his obnoxious nose as he considered the merit of his masterpiece. He modestly discarded his poem and rose in a stately fashion from his bed to sweep towards his desk. He only once stubbed a toe on the journey across the room. Taking a seat, he dipped his quill in ink and drew another piece of parchment towards himself. He needed to find words to express the twisting pain he felt inside. There was no other way to find release from his torment. On desperately seeking the advice of Madame Pomfrey on the matter, he had been issued only with a laxative. Perhaps he considered a haiku. He scratched at the parchment, wet ink making the page like his tears did his cheeks. A love so pure, it is the only thing that keeps me from darkness. He hesitated. No, this was no true reflection. A true reflection of the torture inflicted on his heart would most definitely have to rhyme. 
There once was a mudblood called Lily, whose reaction to dark arts was silly. <laughs> he howled, grabbing at the poem and screwing it between his claw-like fingers. He threw the parchment to join the pile on his floor with contempt. Not one did his emotions justice. He raised his wand, aimed it at the offending pile of parchment, and cried, Incendio! Promptly, his attempts at the literary expression of his soul caught a blaze and shriveled to a crisp, like his heart. He let himself fall back once more against his pillows and sighed deeply. <sighs> Perhaps next time he should try painting. It was a much more expressive medium after all, and far superior to poetry. for joining us today. We hope you've discovered some new authors today. Check out our Patreon. We have outtakes, extras, and bloopers. All kinds of stuff. We're accepting submissions. Email us a link to your fanfic at fanramenpodcast at gmail.com. Or submit on our website, www.fanramen.com. This is Lindy. This is Ralph. And, and we'll, we'll see you the next time, time you're hungry. Produced by Lindy Day and Ralph Avalon. Sound design and engineering by Kevin Villagestone. Music by Black Ramen. Recorded and mixed in the Black Ramen Studios. 